Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Nice recording. We are Systems Gear. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Um, I am in Toronto and it's somewhat apt and you know, I'm feeling somewhat emotional because just over five years ago, the very first ever Dum 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 meetup actually happened in Toronto. And it happened because a listener who, I'll call her a friend now, Mary, not contrary, answered a tweet of mine when I said I was in Toronto to go and see my children. And she went, if you're in Toronto, we should meet up. Now, at that point... I didn't call it a dum-de-dum meetup. Dum-de-dum was barely even a thing five years ago. But I met Mary and Victoria, and um, we had a right old royal time talking about all the goings-on in Ambridge. So here we are. It's not 2014, it's 2019. And there isn't just myself and Victoria anymore and Mary, but there's a whole smorgasbord, a whole plethora of dum-de-dummers who are here and it's kind of because of one very special dum dummer who came along to the dum dum meetup last year in October who came by far the furthest she's nuts she's crazy there was no need for her to leave <laughs> the the environs of Detroit and come all the way over to Birmingham but she did her name's Christina and um and because of that and we've we've now also become friends she said to me Royfield a few weeks ago Let's have a, a Toronto meetup. So here we are, and all I'm seeing, folks, dum dum listeners, is a whole sea of faces, right? There is nice Josh, who already told me, you've seen Josh, he's, he's the nicest man ever. He's come all the way from Philadelphia. There is there's Anna Marie, who, who I've met before. There is, there's, there's Sue Lynn, there's a, Anna Husband. There's a whole plethora of people. So instead of me going through and trying to remember everybody's name, because I will falter, I'm going to go through them one by one and of course at the start of every dum-de-dum we have a dum-de-dum so we're going to have the most rousing the most emotional of all dum-de-dums it's the way that this will actually end but first you need to tell me who you are and where you've come from and what your archer's vintage is oh i'm part ottawa okay mary from toronto and i'm a daniel hebden lloyd oh Annalisa from Port Perry, and I'm a Mrs. Antropus. Suyin Jordan from Toronto, and I'm a Ruth Archer. Christina from Detroit, and I'm Helen and Rob. I'm Dave from Toronto, and I remember John Archer. I'm Marcia from Markham, and I'm a Henry. 
Marsha from Markham. Well done with the alliteration. Josh from Philadelphia, and I'm an Abby Tucker. I'm Norma from Toronto, and I'm very old, so I must be a Grace Archer. <laughs> Lorna from Buffalo, and I'm a Rob and Helen. I'm Carla from Sudbury, and I'm a Hillary Noakes. Props to that. Emma from Owen Sound, and I believe I'm a Justin. Maddie from Ottawa, and I haven't got the clue. I started listening in 1981. I will go online and check it out. I will. 1981. You're definitely pre-Marjorie Antrobus. <laughs> I'm Christiane from Burlington, and I think I'm a Vicky Tucker. Uh, I'm Steve from Burlington as well. I th- guess I started listening with Rob Titchener the whole episode, yeah. I'm Laura from <laughs> Buffalo, New York, and I think it's a long time ago. I think I was way back in the Phil and Jill era. Now... It's the most, well, it's the most important part of the show. That's somewhat over-egging the pudding, right? Every, we all know that our Lucy and her little slut is our favourite bit of the show, right? With Matt Corner being a, a close second, a very close second. But dum dums always start with a ramshackle version of Barwick Green. But I know that Toronto does things better so this is not going to be ramshackle. This is going to be note perfect. I'm looking at you, Josh. All right. So after three, a one, two, three. Dum di dum di dum di dum dum di dum di da da dum di dum di dum di dum dum di diddly dum dum di diddly dum di diddly dum di diddly dum dum di dum di dum di dum dum di diddly dum. Well done. And this is how on top these people are, folks. PC Harrison McBurns couldn't find the bunting, but CSI Toronto did. We have the bunting. I'm going to bring it back to England. There you go, bunting. Yay! Well done, everybody. An amazing turnout. There you go, folks. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the mud chamber that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the overpriced slurry pit that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Kate's diversification, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dum was from the great city of Toronto, with a little bit of help from Buffalo, New York, Philadelphia and Detroit. Uh, now, Lucy, if any of our callers would like to send us in a dumpty dum how can that be done if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on speakpipe uh thanks to cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the dumpty dogs shambridge for her brilliant voices mike hatton for his character counts and to derek alone in the back bedroom uh derek is looking forward to the return of Game of Thrones, but he does have concerns about the gratuitous nudity, um, as he thinks there isn't nearly enough of it. Um, <laughs> now, we are ha- having a live show. Having we are doing a live <coughs> show at Birmingham Town Hall on the eleventh of May. It starts at seven thirty. The tickets are only twelve quid. Trains go back from Birmingham again until one o'clock in the morning, so to pretty much most places. So um, if it's getting there and getting back, that's the problem. Let's, you know, we can sort that out, and or you can get the, the train, and also um, let us know if you want to come and you can't get transport, and we'll see if anyone else is coming that's in your neck of the woods. Also, um, we are 
literally hours away from confirming hotel accommodation if people need hotel accommodation. Uh, Christina from Detroit, uh, she's just awesome, and she's and she's kind of sorted it. We're just waiting on confirmation that guess what, Lucy, what? that whoever stays in a hotel, and I've got about six people that have emailed me says uh, they need hotel accommodation, that uh, they can have a group listen of the archers on Sunday morning. That's oh, the only thing lovely. we're waiting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are on it, folks. We are on it. Okay. And also we will be joined, obviously, by Emerald O'Hanrahan, Emma Grundy, um, parish councillor, Grundy wife extraordinaire, all round good egg, as long as you ignore her somewhat homophobic comments about um, uh, having a, a child. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> yes, she'll be great. Great, great, great. And possibly another who we are waiting to have confirmed. And we're still waiting, I'm afraid. But as soon as we know, we'll let you know. So do please come. Please, please, please. Yeah, because uh, you'll get to meet Lucy. Because you know what, Lucy? <laughs> Whenever I turn up at a Dumdum meetup, there's always yes. a little bit of a, well, you must be Royfield. I don't know why, but people can generally tell who I am, right, before I even open my mouth. I wonder what gives it away. And then there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit of a, a slight sign. They go, oh, is Lucy not behind you? that little bit of disappointment so, oh is it just you oh, okay then Bollocks. you know and then they can you know so if you come along to to dum dum live you will meet lucy you will meet Lu- the lucy v freeman that i can't put any more inducement there than that it will not just be me right it will be be Lucy which is you know the meat to my potatoes right so you know if you want to meet Lucy if you if you want to um fawn in her general presence uh come along to Dum De Dum live on Saturday the 11th of May at 7 30 at Birmingham Town Hall and we will brook no excuses when it comes to travel accommodation or or the fact that like maybe your firstborn child is getting married that day no excuses you get yourself down there the archers means much more to you than that now on this week's episode we have calls from monty witherspoon gray old gray whiskers dusty wendy and sue but first before all of that lucy did you hear the little you know when i said in my little intro when I was in Toronto and I said, you know, the favourite bit of the show. And I said, Lucy, do you ever go, oh, yes, yes, yes. Did, did you hear? <laughs> yeah, he's right there, you know. It's the first thing this man said. <laughs> and he kind of said to me, he's been, oh, yes, yes, yes. So, right, we're, we're at that bit. All right, folks. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the ratings puller in of Dum Dee Dum. It's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. This week in Ambridge was mostly about confessions. Firstly, Shula confessed to Jimus that she hadn't been taken ill at the christening. She'd just been taken violently with the awareness that she was a terrible speaker. It was a funny old do all (laughs) round, really, that christening. I really feel someone needs to have a word with Jill about her expectations. Christenings are, as a rule, the least dangerous of all family ceremonies, as unlike weddings, people are unlikely to be legless before it starts. Everyone's slightly on their best behaviour because it's in church, so everyone's doing their whispery voice, and it's very cold and very uncomfortable. They're quite boring, so people aren't miffed at not being invited, and there's not an evening do where anyone can end up falling through the fire doors with their knickers around their ankles or have a punch (laughs) in the car park. 
<laughs> so all in all, fairly harmless. But then we are talking about the archers. So obviously Jill had visions of it being like an episode of the Waltons with added singing choirs and hugging. I would love to know what Jill's family of origin was like. She is constantly looking for the perfect family and being permanently disappointed with the one she's got. Well, suck it up, love. You made them, you live with them. Uh, (laughs) Tea Room Tyler is leaving, by the way. If you want to sign the leaving card, it's in the top right-hand drawer of my desk. I would have done the collection, but as we never knew he was there, it seemed a bit weird. Freddie has finally caught on to the fact that it's only his mother who's hung out the flags for his return and everyone else wishes he'd follow his dear father's example. He trotted round the village <laughs> using, <harsh>. his, <laughs> using his little whiny voice, confessing to everything. Harassment forgave him graciously. Shula told him to get involved with something as that had worked so well for her and Fallon told him to sling his hook. But that was because he pointed out that it was her papa who'd been handing out the pills like Murray mints, and there was a reason why Wayne sandwiches were known as special. It's not Basil in with that mozzarella, you know. For a while, Freddie was worried that <laughs> harassment was following him, but once he remembered harassment couldn't catch nits, he calmed down. <laughs> Where am I? There I am. Uh, Rory and Ben had an urgent meeting sitting in the graveyard hedge. My God, no wonder drug use is at crisis point in the rural districts if the village hotspot is a hedge. Rory confessed that Will was under the impression that he was a raving nonce. I really feel very urgently that Will should be like the home guard and have his shotgun replaced with a broom handle at once. He can still walk around with it if he wants and point it at things and shout bang. But honestly, why no one can see that a clearly depressed, bereaved man with anger management issues should not have access to more weaponry than a Texan survivalist. Meanwhile... Over at Frogmore Cottage, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry were still not getting on very well. (laughs) You have let me down and not for the first time, she said menacingly, lighting another scented candle with a £20 note. Jazza, always an excellent (laughs) sniffer dog for bullshit, began to realise that the pigs were starting to look wobbly and that wasn't just because he'd overfed them so much they can hardly stand. Tom excitedly started realising that here was a smashing opportunity for a family meeting, called it and made his confession. I'm going to get rid of the pigs. Her mind is, my mind is made up. I'm sorry if I sound funny, but Natasha's got a hand at the back of my fleece making my mouth work. And if I don't get the words <laughs> right, she hits me over the head with Barra Brith. <laughs> Pat's reaction was the kind of calm and reasoned response we've come to expect from her. You've killed John all over again, she yelled. In fact, why don't you dig him up and back over him in your Audi, you sun-stealing Welsh rabbit? Oh, Tony. <laughs> So many things remind me of John. Every time I look at the caravan, I think of him shagging Sharon. Every time I sit on the sofa, I think this is where he shagged Sharon. Every time I see the pigs going at it like knives. Meanwhile, over at the lodge, Kate was confessing that she just wanted to be spontaneous. I think you need to get some money coming in and then you can spend it, said Piggy. Oh, Gran, you are amazing, said Kate. You see, it's that kind of astonishing breadth of financial acuity that makes her the shrewdest woman in Ambridge. Mind you, that's hardly a challenging field, bearing in mind Sausage Boy is seen as a near visionary. Kate has invested in a mud chamber for spiritual hummus. Come to home farm and pay a fortune to be covered in (laughs) shit. Oh, it's almost like when Brian was still at the helm. Leonard is still frantically trying to get out of Ambridge, but Jill's now taken all the signs down and removed the rotor arm from his car. 
He also thought he was being followed by a huge white ball, but that turned out to be fat Paul. Still, that polo neck looks nice. Anyway, <laughs> this time he was making a break for the border when Jimus trapped him outside Green Knackers and waffled on about Toby's gin, waffled, waffled on about Toby's gin, way, and his own atheism, as you would to a near total stranger. There's no mm. way Jill's letting him go, though, even when he confessed he couldn't paint horses and his snowdrops kept going sniff, stiff. I don't care about that, <laughs> hooted Jill. You're the thing I've been hunting for for years. You are too good to be true. You are so nice, you make David Attenborough look like Ray Winston. You're my real family, Leonard, and you're going nowhere. The end. Oh, bravo. Bravo <laughs> to you, Mrs. Well done. Last week in Ambridge, what do you reckon? Well, I've noticed a new trend. People in mm -hmm. weird places meeting to talk about things. So mm -hmm. we literally did have uh, Ruri, Ben and um, whoever else it was, Freddie, sitting in a hedge in the village graveyard. <laughs> um, then we had Jim having that bizarre conversation with Leonard, who he barely knows. I'm he just sort of grabbed him and just talked absolute rubbish at him. And Jim... yeah. Jim doesn't, Jim's not like that. No, Jim's got much more social intelligence. Yeah. I, I thought that was very peculiar too. You know, I was, I was busy clearing out the car when I was listening to that. And I thought, this doesn't sit well with me at all. No. You know, they don't know each other, right? And the level of detail that Jim was yeah. going into. And you could feel Leonard's unease as yes. well. Leonard was a bit like, Mm, yeah. Why are you telling me all of this? Yeah. I barely know you. Yeah. But Leonard did kind of close it down by saying this was a family event and it well, was he said, all right you know, on like, the night. Oh, well, you know what Shula's like about religion. Of course, I don't agree with religion and everything. And I thought you don't, you know, you're British. You don't, you don't talk about things like that in the mm. first, t you know, you just don't. It's really no. weird. And you don't get more British than Jim. You know? No. So, yes. No. Mm. And next episode, well, Alistair and Susan discuss Brexit up a chimney or something, I presume. I don't know what's... It's just... It just seems to be a continual series of of weirdness. Yeah. Uh, it's like some new thing. Let's get together characters that in different places. I mean, I know, I know you are restricted because basically in the real world, three quarters of these conversations would happen on WhatsApp. <laughs> and obviously mm. you can't do that. You have to have people ambling around the village doing you know, doing things that they can all bump into each other. But it just seemed absolutely bizarre. Um, mm. I do think Willie's heading for a breakdown. That his reaction to Rory and Mia and the way he just went from naught to nuts in 10 seconds is just, he just doesn't feel as if he's in control of anything. So everything strikes mm. him as potentially life-threatening. Because you know that's what his big fear is. Because he's had something like that actually happen. He had he had he went through that. You know, some thinking everything was fine, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, and he's terrified that's going to happen again. So he's trying desperately to control absolutely everything. Mm. But you know that was a really horrible scene. I thought, and he and poor yeah. old Maya sounded Mia sounded so upset. Yeah. And she called him no, dad. It, she said, "Dad, dad, stop." It, it did just kind of come out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, you, the only thing you can think is that uh, Will Grundy's state of mind is completely and utterly unbalanced. It isn't just mm. grief. You know, there is something mm. else um, yeah. kind of addling him now. Yeah. You know, there always has been anger. Um, he's been a pent-up ball of anger forever. And he's very protective, isn't he, of any perceived slight on yeah. himself and or people who he cares about, people yeah. who are close to him. Yeah. You know, 
Um, but yeah, that that was something to behold. I I think I might have to slightly concede a point to you. And Good. last week we disagreed Do I win when something? I said uh, you win a lolly. Uh, my, <laughs> yes, okay. you win a lolly. Um, last week I said categorically that Rua Ruari does like Mia regardless of, of, of the age difference. And you says, nah, I think you might be right. I think you could well be right. But I and... hadn't twigged actually about her, him saying, I know what it's like to... To lose your mum. To lose your mum, yeah. And I hadn't yeah. thought of that. I mean, I know he he, his, he was so little, he can barely remember her, I suppose. But, um, you know, to grow up without a mum and everything. And I hadn't thought that he would identify with her on that, on that yes. level. Yeah. And <clears> it just shows you um, how clever the script writers have been to, to, map, to pair them up that way and that to be Rory's uh, one of the reasons why Rory likes like, you know because if Mia was an old git mm. he wouldn't be hanging around with her just because she lost her mother you know mm. she, she, yeah. she's a lovely human being yeah you know they do share something in common whatever yeah. and then there is that as well yeah. that's yeah. kind of is the clincher and I thought that was incredibly clever and I think yeah. we all went oh yeah yeah when he said that you know yes. because we've, we've, we've forgotten about Siobhan yes yeah you know to all intents and purposes, Rory's mother is Jennifer. You know, you forget about it. And, and uh, it's like Rory sort of hatched out of an egg in the, yes. you know, about six months ago and in, from the cupboard under the stairs. It's sort of like a cracking noise and he appeared and, you know, shook his feathers and off he went, sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. all the rest of the time he was at school, he was just a noises off, wasn't he? Rory, what are you doing with that football? <laughs> and all that sort of thing. <laughs> you know what? You painted such a vivid picture there of uh, the little chick coming out the egg and rocking its feathers. <laughs> Tell you what the Toronto lot did on the on the bunting, which was very clever. So, number one, um, it was Josh from Philadelphia that purchased some, some bunting. I believe it's American bunting. And uh, smuggled it across the border into Canada and, and then unfurled it at the Dundee Dum meetup for people to sign. So there you go. Here's oh, a new what a nice idea. That bloody Josh, right. You know, you, you, Luce, have you ever taken a long, hard look at yourself and compared yourself to somebody else <laughs> and found yourself just coming up lacking? That's yeah, me and constantly. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that is Josh. On a daily like, basis, Royfield. <laughs> everything about that man. I, I just like, oh, like, number one, he's statuesque. Right. So, like, you know, he's, he's a man-sized man. And, mm-hmm. and as you've said on many a podcast, I'm not a man-sized Royfield at all. Like, I'm, I'm quite diddy. Right, so there's that. So like he's a man. And then he had and he has this wonderful, luxurious beard as well. So one of these you know, it's kinda of like a bit hipster beard, a bit, you know, Henry the Seventh, you know, type of thing going on. But like he and then he has these wonderfully flashing blue eyes and the amount of people that came to me, you know, throughout the meeting says, Royford, have you spoken to Josh? And I'm like, Yeah, oh, I'm just getting around to it. He said, What a nice man. I was like when the fifteenth person has said to you, "What a nice man!" Oh, shut up! <laughs> First, it's I'm Lucy, trying to, now I was trying Josh. to decide whether you were in love with him or wanted to kill him. I wasn't quite sure which, but I still I think don't know. Really, I think I think it's kind of both. Lucy. <laughs> but anyway, Josh, well done with the idea of the bunting. <laughs> I think officially now, Dumby Dum uh, meetups have have two things. They have uh, a Dumby Dum, and then they have somebody who brings along bunting, which then people sign to prove that they were there. That was a oh, wonderful touch, that's a really Josh. Nice wonderful touch. And actually, the reason why I bought it, the bunting, is because somebody wrote, pictures are always better on a podcast. Yeah. 
And that is what I got from you and your little egg metaphor <laughs> and whatever. So a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful image. Um, last week I wasn't with it at all, and I do apologise for all the coughing and spluttering that was going on. And thank you for, for people that sent me uh, remedy ideas and things like that. And I, I didn't try mm-hmm. all of them. I tried a lot of them. But it has now gone-ish, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but one thing I, I, I realised I hadn't mentioned last week was I thought it was extraordinary that mm. Peggy would let Emma Grundy go without tipping her, without giving her proper notice, without finding her somewhere else to go, another job to go to. Just she wouldn't do that. Emma, uh, uh, Piggy has huge respect for grafters. And that's mm. why she likes Emma. You know, she recognizes in Emma that she's tough. She's a, she's a, a tough woman. She makes she acts according to her own light. She doesn't get swayed by things. Um, she's you know um, really putting herself out there and standing up for herself. And Peggy just you know she helped Emma in the first place. And I just do not believe that she would just kick. I would understand that she, I could understand that she would say to Emma, "Look, I'm going to have to give Kate. I want Kate to actually take responsibility for something, and Kate to do the cleaning, and da 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 da. So I'm going to let you go for now, but I've suggested that you go and clean for da 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 da. Whatever. She would not just bin her uh, overnight. She just wouldn't. That's completely out of character and clanged really wrongly for me. I couldn't agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. Everything that you said um, with spades on. Yeah. It, it just wasn't right, was it? It was like it was hurried. Mm. But we've just got to, we've got to, yeah, it was like it wasn't, it was something, it felt like it was something that had been forced on them. It wasn't a natural character action at all. Mm. The only thing I, I think there's two things that have happened here. That whoever's written that, um, scene not the plot point in and of itself that this is what needs to happen to push on whatever wider story they're telling which we suspect is more money troubles yeah for them is that um they just made a mistake and then whoever is script editing it fell in between the cracks Mm. they just didn't go you know because peggy would have said here is a month's worth of you yeah. know, cash in loose. You would have said yeah. something. Yeah. You know, and here's a packet of hot knobs to be going on. She wouldn't on, have on just said, way. don't come back. It's just. Yes, no, wrong, she wouldn't wrong, have. She wouldn't wrong, have. Wrong, she wouldn't wrong, have. Wrong. But all I can think is that to tell the story of the fact that Emma and Ed are going to have money problems. I think what it's moving towards is Emma and Ed deciding that if you do things legitimately, you don't get anywhere. That they see. Ed's already there. He's already in that mindset because of um, uh, Timote. And he's Mm. sort of, um, you know, already thinking, how come, you know, Justin has given us this tiny little house and we're supposed to be grateful and blah, 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 blah. He's already picking all that up. Oh, you know, it's just another way for the big pharmaceutical companies to screw us little, you know, producers out of the market and all that stuff that he was saying. Mm. he's already there, but Emma's been the one that has, you know, no, Ed, we got to do it the right way. We're, you know, we just got a graft and we'll know when we get that house, it's because we really worked for it. And now she's sort of seen, hang on a minute, that, does, that doesn't work. You know, we, I'm grafting and I'm still not getting anywhere. Um, 
So I think that's what it's supposed to show that they've they kind of Emma is now disenchanted as Ed has been for a while with the uh, you know uh, mm. the legit way of doing things. I suppose. Well, that's as good a theory as any, Arlous, and only time will tell if you is correct. Um, so Will lost his shit. Yeah. Jim had a ridiculous conversation with Leonard last week. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did think was gracious of Jim. And I did think there's some deep oh, with philosophy Shula. going on. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've got to say props to Shula Hebden Lloyd for even going to have that cup of tea yeah. with Jim. Because I wouldn't have. You know, I'd have no. still been licking my wounds. Yeah. <laughs> right. From from the brutal takedown last week. And then from, you know, the fact that she couldn't deliver the sermon. Yeah. You know, and then, then there he is, you know. Yeah. The person who's making you doubt yourself, doubt your faith. And then he was, he was lovely. And, but he was and, genuinely surprised, wasn't he? She said, oh, I thought you'd be glad that I'd messed it up. And he mm. said, why would I be glad? And it's just, he thinks of things in such, in such, what word am I groping for? In such philosophical terms. He's mm-hmm. not very good at the nitty gritty of just humans being a bit rubbish and um, that they do change their minds and they don't think about things and they do things in a hurry. Jim does everything according to some classical creed and he he can't, so it doesn't occur to him that he's actually hurting, like Alistair, that he's hurting him on a human level. Um, mm. he, he just, he, he's just sort of lives in this rarefied atmosphere where he feels he can say whatever the hell he, he likes because it's, it's true according to a philosophy or a belief system or whatever and that humans aren't actually as important as beliefs. And and he doesn't need to worry about people's feelings. Uh. And he was staggered when she said, I thought you'd be pleased. And he said, why would I be pleased? You know, I did just think that was one of the cleverest and most complex, uh. Uh, you know, scenes, yeah. uh, lines of dialogue delivered in, in, you know, in forever, because we all thought they would have gone, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah. And he deconstructed completely uh, what had happened and her crisis of faith, her being in the moment and whatever. And and, and it was just brilliant. And I I had to sit down because I was hoovering the car at the time. Right, so I was cleaning out the car before, and then I was hoovering it. <laughs> I had to switch off the hoover and I had to rewind that, listen to that again, because it was slightly above my pay grade, Lucy, mm. intellectually. I was like, hold on a minute, mm. you know. So uh, props to the professor there. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you reckon to our Toby and his, and his coughing fit? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I did think Jill, I, I mean, uh. we were, people were expecting Jill to actually burst weren't they physically Mm. explode with a load of lemon drizzle splattered all over the church but she despite the coughing she did say she she was upset and she said why couldn't they have told me but she she got over it fairly rapidly and I think she got over it fairly rapidly because she had Leonard and she sort of it's not she's kind of got something else to focus on She's she's the obsession slightly going off the boil. It will always be there, but it's going slightly off the boil now because she actually has 
somebody outside the family to think about. But she does have this completely insane obsession with, I wanted a family. The word family is used like a weapon. It's used like a stick to bash people over the head with. (laughs) Family dinner, family this, family that, family Christmas, family table, family all together. And you think, just give it up, you know, just relax. Don't have such high bloody expectations and then you won't be continually disappointed. Mm. True, very, very true. And I think, I think you kind of three quarters put your finger on it there. The fact that she's got somebody else who isn't part of the family, but mm. basically somebody that isn't Phil, uh, the, the power of um, Grace is just uh, a little bit, is, is less than just a yeah. Yeah, you know, just yeah. an eensy weensy weensy bit. Yeah, you know. So, mm-hmm. talking about power. All right, uh, should we start winding down these podcasts, Lucy? Thinking, you know, oh. we've had five years. We've had a good run. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and now it's our, like mm. our throne is going to be snatched from us, isn't it? We have a throne. I have, don't you? Did yours not arrive? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> when, when do I get mine? <laughs> Mine's five years and waiting for mine. I'll, I'll check. Mine, there might be another one in the cupboard that I didn't realise was for you and I've just kept it, but I don't know. If so, I find so, it, I'll send it on. <laughs> so so we probably shouldn't be saying what, what I'm about to say. Right. But, um, things always go well when we say things we shouldn't say. <laughs> well, do we need to give... Uh, publicity, oxygen, a lift, a boost to a rival Archer's podcast. Do we need to do that? Um, no, I think we. I think we we can we can happily express total incredulity that it's taken them five years to do it. <laughs> mm. <coughs> but the reason they said they're doing it is because they want to um, introduce more older listeners, as they put it, to the BBC Sounds app. Mm-hmm. And my personal view is that people don't use the BBC Sounds app, not because they're old, but because it's not very good. So um, I think that's probably more to do with it. So when they can fix the BBC Sounds app, <laughs> that would be lovely. I don't mind what they do with the podcast, but just sort the app out because at the moment it's a bit ropey. Okay. So what is, what's ropey about it? I don't use it. So um, Well, for example, when you play the Archers episodes, if you're mm-hmm. listening to Thursday the 16th, you finish it. It automatically queues up the one before, not the one, not the next one. What? It's kind of, it's it's complete to me anyway. It's completely um, counter in, counterintuitive. It's it's just seems to have been made by somebody who is very good at coding but has never listened to the radio. That's what it seems like to me. Goodness. Uh, well, folks. You heard it here first, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you'd already, like, read about it. I think they're fixing it as they go along, the Sounds app. And um, I think Graham Seed, who who uh, played Nigel Pargeter, is going to be presenting it. So, But it will be very... It, I mean, as I said on Twitter earlier, we're the paramilitary wing, and um, that will be the very, very straight, you know, kosher BBC towing the line Archer's podcast, which will be great. There's definitely room for both. Did you use the word kosher there as a pejorative? You've been anti-Semitic. No, so. I'm not. I'm no longer a member of the Labour Party, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, I... Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going through our Twitter timeline with our mentions, trying to find the uh, the the podcast awards that people have said um, we should actually big up. Now we know we're not going to win. We're not even going to be like uh, mentioned. But um, what is it, Lucy? Do you know? Oh, here we go. Right. So Welsh, Welsh witch. Right. So, folks, we've been doing this for five years. Um, Lucy has made you laugh. She's made you titter. And some of you, some of the older ones, have probably even slightly peed your underwear laughing along to her <laughs> gags. Come on. Come on, Lucy. It's happened. All right. So, you know, Lucy has brought on incontinence and a lot of gags. So with that in mind, I think the least you can do as a, as a loyal Dum Dum listener, wherever you are on planet Earth, is to go to the British Podcast Awards dot com forward slash vote and go and vote for us just please do it and the thing is right i'm all up for clean votes and stuff but the way the russians kind of got into brexit <laughs> the russians finagled their way into the american presidential yeah. election i say to hell with straight yeah. up and down democracy our, our message is vote early vote often yes exactly go yeah. tell a friend a family member who doesn't even like Dumbly Dum, let alone the archers, and just say, look, you know what? You've got nothing else to do. Just go and vote, please. Or so, if you happen to know 500,000 Russian people, that's also fun. Well, exactly. Yeah. Because I've done about, done about you, Lucy, right? But I would love to get a little email saying, come along to the awards ceremony, put on your best bib and tucker. And you know what, Luce? If yeah, but we ever... got invited last year and we didn't go because we knew we wouldn't win and it costs a fortune. Well, exactly. But this this year, I'm feeling punchy and I'm feeling optimistic. No, because Fortunately's going to win. Because Fortunately's uh, made by BBC Sounds, who are sponsoring the podcast awards. OK. <laughs> what is Fortunately? Fortunately is Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. It's very popular. Yeah, and what do they do on it? Uh, they just talk. They interview people, I think. Sounds a bit like me and you, but without the archers. Um, it's very good, I think. I haven't heard it, but people really love I it. Quite, I quite like Jane Garvey. She's awesome. Yeah, I do. I do. Hmm. And Fee Glover as well. Yes. She's really carved out a niche for herself, that Fee Glover, hasn't she? I used to listen to her when she was on Five Live, like about 20 years ago or so. She used to do oh, the, right. more, you know, after, like, the mid-morning show was her. But isn't hmm. she like a like a modern version of Esther Ranson? She's a little bit consumer, a little bit kind of, you know, put your arm around somebody, you know, after gone through bereavement. That's what I always think about when I think of Beagle. I think wonderful broadcasters. I don't think I'm, I'm having a pop. Yeah, no, yeah, that is sort of her. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so folks, BritishPodcastAwards.com. If I get anywhere near the microphone, I'm going to take down the whole fucking media industry right? <laughs> and the BBC Sounds new podcast. Right. So for that alone, right, why don't you vote early, vote often, tell all your Russian bot making friends uh, to create that bot and go and vote for dumdydum.com as your favourite podcast because boy, oh boy, they'll have to drag me off that stage. Just saying. Right, now, shall we now go back onto the Archers, are Lucy? Yeah, I feel we should, really. All right, then. (laughs) 
Hello, Ambridge3962. All right. Um, talking about the five years of, of Dumdy Dum, there's been many a person that's created their own milestones, and this person definitely has. It's our Witherspoon, and he's from the lower, upper, east, west, south side. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Lucy, I hope your cough has completely cleared up. Some hot tea and lemon is what this doctor orders. Thank well, you. the week started with <laughs> Freddie having a dream. When patients tell me that they want to discuss a dream, I think, oh shit, they want me to interpret it. What do I know about interpreting dreams? So, of course, I ask them to tell me what they think it means. I then get some ideas and it winds up being a productive exchange. So Freddy's dream was actually quite interesting. He was being followed by a shadow. I think we were getting a subtle level of sophistication from the scriptwriters there. In Jungian psychoanalysis, that's Carl Jung, the shadow is the unknown dark side of the personality, instinctive and irrational, kind of akin to Freud's notion of the id. Shadows can appear in dreams, usually as a person of the same sex of the dreamer. So in Freddy's dream, he wasn't running away from Harrison, but his own inner demons. As we've all been discussing, Freddy has been in a state of denial since his return from the inside. We saw by Friday that this facade was cracking, though he's early in the road to dealing with the past and his demons, as he was so inappropriate with Fallon when he accused her of owing him one. I'll leave it there for now. We'll see what comes next, because something always does. Talk to you all soon. Mm. Lucy? It's always good to have Witherspoon in his psychoanalysis, isn't it? I know. I know. Mm. I I did think... For about 10 seconds, I feel sorry for Freddie, and then he does something like he did with Fallon and said, you owe me, and made Mm. a joke about uh, drugs or I can't remember what it was, and she said, you think this is funny? And then I hate him and I just want to kill him. And I think, what is the matter with him? Why can he not why can he why can he not just um accept? I suppose it's very, very hard for people to just admit they did wrong and deal with it. That's what the whole uh, Al Anon and Alcoholics Anonymous thing is about, isn't it? The AA and the, the steps and all that is just saying, yes, I have. I got this wrong Um, and apologizing, but he Mm -hmm. apologizes and then tries to pile on the guilt at the same time. He apologizes as a way of manipulating people to do more things for him. You know, I'm sorry. Give me a job. Yeah. I. He's a little arsehole. He really is. He is. He is. The only thing, when I think of Freddie and the utter privileges that he's had in life. Yeah. <clears throat> the only thing which he's lacking is his dad, is his pops. Mm. And I think it I think that's what it is. That actually we're being told a story of a young man who's a great privilege, great Every literally every benefit in life you can ha- materially want and have, Freddie has it. He's not stinking rich, but he's not broke, right? And I think what we're supposed to infer is that he's lacking paternal guidance. That's the only thing. It, his mother is not. His mother has never quite recovered from the loss. 
of his father, of her husband. I've got another theory about that. I'm waving my pen in the air. Okay, in go an on. Authoritative go on. manner. Because I'm just like, you know, I'm. I'm my, Freestyling, my, aren't you? Yeah, I, completely. It was, it was pure jazz. I was just going for it. And just, I, didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know where I'd oh, start. I was wondering what the funny noise was. I think. <laughs> where I was going to end. Go. Hang on, cough's back. Mm-hmm. Ugh, right. I think, and this is something I was thinking about on the motorway on the, uh, in the journey home, mm. that. Elizabeth has always had a problem with men, and I think she has passed that on to Freddie. Hmm. She dumped Haley in favour of Roy. She took Roy off Haley. She sacrifices Lily for Freddie. She sacrifices Lily for Russ because she's now taking much more notice of Russ than she is of Tilly. Oh, dear. Freud is (laughs) dead. Lily. Um, She has told um, Freddie, she worshipped her husband. Um, She was always closer to Phil than Jill. She was more concerned about letting her father down than uh, letting her mother down. When she talked about, uh, to the therapist, she talked about um, uh, feeling anxious that her... um, her exam results and things weren't weren't good enough and that she'd let him down. Um, and I think Freddie is suffering from the weight not only of uh, parental expectation in terms of his inheritance of Lower Loxley, but also just his mother's desire to be rescued by a man and that she's, she throughout his life has expected him to do that. She's expected him to be a certain type of man that can save her. And I think that's a huge weight of expectation for him. And I think that's where his, he's not just missing a father figure, he's missing being the man his mother expects him to be because she has such a high, um, high expectations of men as rescuers. That's what I think. Gosh. Gosh, Lucy. Ooh, puts me but I my... could be wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's as good a theory as any, isn't it? And you've managed to connect a whole series of dots there. So um, I, I, I'll give you that one, Mrs. Um, very obviously. Because if she does something with Russ, she has buggered her relationship with Lily forever. Mm. The other thing is as well, is that... The, the only other thing that I'd say about about which you which you you didn't throw into the mix is that very obviously Freddie is the favourite, mm. and Elizabeth will probably will say maybe one or two things. Number one, because she remind she reminds him of Nigel. He reminds mm-hmm. her of Nigel. Sorry. Yeah. But then also that Freddie needs her love and support because Lily's so capable. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember, I genuinely can't remember Nigel's interactions with Freddie. I can't remember them. No. Um, but I would, but you could easily imagine, and, and I am just like making, making stuff up now. Uh, so Cosmo, if I'm wrong, uh, please email in and tell me that Nigel would have seen him as, as his son and heir and treated him accordingly. 
Mm. You know, it's the next generation yeah. of Pardew, yeah. blah, blah, One blah. One day this He's will gonna... all be yours, my son, blah, blah, exactly, blah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So maybe Freddie does have this um, weight on his shoulders that he that this is all going to be his and doesn't quite know how to handle it, what to do with it, has been treated special from both parents and doesn't really feel worthy of it. On the no. one hand, is incredibly entitled. And you can hear that when he talks about, you know, going away on holiday and traveling the world, etc. and partying. Yeah. And there's Lily going off to work for Borchester Kitchens yeah. or Felpersham Kitchens, whatever the heck it is. Mm. You know, so, yeah. hmm. Yeah. But also, I mean, to, 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 when you said, you know, Lily, Elizabeth would say, well, Lily is so self-sufficient, she doesn't need. Lily's had to be self-sufficient because mm. she's never had the input that, you know, if you continually need rescuing from things, you become very used to receiving help. And that becomes your pattern. And that's what Freddie's pattern has been. Mm. Um, but for Lily, she's just cracked on with it herself because she's looked around and thought, no one's really interested in me here. I'll just do it myself. I'll just get on with it. Mm. You know. Yep, 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 yep. Right. Golly, I've just seen the picture of Notre Dame Cathedral and the spires collapsed. You're joking. It's just come, no, it's just come up on my news feed. Oh, God, it's so awful. Bloody Nora. Mm. Uh, on that Ooh. note, it's yep. it's it's Wendy. Hi, Royfield and Lucy. This is Wendy calling. I rang a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not the English teacher as seen in Readers' Wives. Um, uh, I'm, and you're absolutely right. I'm not born and bred in West London. I'm actually from Wolverhampton. Um, but um, yes, and I'd love to meet you at the ball ring. Uh, how you doing, our Bab? Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Just a couple of plot predictions. I think Freddie's going to break down at some point and he will yep. speak to Russ and perhaps that will smooth that ah. over. Um, I think the Russ and Elizabeth storyline is kind of going to sort of ramp up a little bit. Um, totally with you on not liking Natasha, um, Lucy. I think Nasha is a bit of a pain in the backside, but I think she's a real welcome um uh, addition to the archers and I think she adds a little something um I'm missing some of the characters I would like to see more of Linda um and um I don't understand why Oliver can't help out at the pub because Kenton was banging on a little while ago about how busy it was going to be with Jolene off to do all the clubs and tours of god knows where um but surely Oliver was working there so he could help out and um, quite interested to see what's going to happen with the whole Ed, Tim and Emma storyline because Tim was a tad cheesed off recently when he, Ed wouldn't uh, drive mm. some dodgy things for him and then all of a sudden didn't need him the next day. Mm. Um, so, yes, uh, really, really enjoying um, the Archers, as I said before, recent convert, absolutely love it. Um, and thanks to my friend Katie for introducing it to me and um, loving the podcast. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Sure, Wendy. Um, I insulted Brummies the whole planet over when I said that she was a Brummie uh, when she first called in. Did you? Yeah, yeah she's from the black country. Oh. Yeah. Because as, as you all know, because you, you is a cunning linguist and whatever, and you you know accents and stuff, that us Brummies get very upset when uh, black country people pass themselves up pass themselves off as Brummies because their accent is, you know, we would say comedic. Right. Mm. And I fell into that trap. So 
Just saying, oh. Wendy. Well, you're off Birmingham's Christmas card list, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. But we won't be able to get into Birmingham Birmingham Town Hall to do this at, at all. <laughs> You'll have to <laughs> shout it in from outside. It's all right. We'll mic you up. You can do an OB. Um, Wendy, I think you're completely right about Freddie and Russ. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. But, yes, reconciliation on the horizon, as in as is always the unlikely confidant. It's usually either Jazza or it's usually, you know, um, Jimus in that, this case with Shula but you know there's always a, an unlikely pairing that you know sort of brings people round so yes that could well be it good thought mm-hmm. good thought indeed thank you for that call Wendy uh, let's move on to somebody with an equally um, beautiful brogue hello you two this is old grey whiskers now about all this here Someone's been thrown in the outdoor school and the horse is injured too. Now then, I knows not much about horse riding, although I has done a bit. And my missus, she runs a riding stable. Now, nobody in their right mind would let somebody with no name go out <laughs> on an horse in the outdoor school yep. and allow them to ride about and fall off and nobody watching, really. What knows what they're doing, and then go, oh, someone's fallen off, and the horse is injured. Let's go mm. get the vet. Now, this is total bollocks. <laughs> yes. I'll leave that with you. <laughs> By then, old grey whiskers signing off. Bye-bye, Mr. He's not whiskers. wrong. <laughs> In these days of heavily litigious people, you always <coughs> know, where you should know where people are. In a, in a school, who's riding who, if they're not experienced, have somebody with them. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's really unlikely. Mm. All right. Well, um, I, th- this is not a world I know anything about um, equine I think, riding. Oh, great whiskers. We've just, got a, we've just got a sort of, along with the, the loan for the sausages, the loan for the, for the app and all that stuff, we've just got to uh, add that into the kind of... Um, uh, the first slightly fanciful facts bit that we have to put things into occasionally on the arches. Right then. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now uh, it's have a little bit of Monty. Hi guys. Monty here. Um, what to say about this week's episode? Um, well, I feel really sorry for Rory and sorry for Freddie as well. Um, I think they've both had a very bad week um, poor Rory, for no fault whatsoever of his own, um, Will. Uh, that man is a, a terrible person so much of the time. Um, <laughs> if there's a handle fly off of it, seems to be his, uh, his way of behaving towards everybody. And um, to accuse poor Rory um, of uh, having uh, intentions towards Mia was really unforgivable, I think. And no doubt the truth will out. Um, Mia he will be absolutely uh, mortified uh, about this and yeah. it will damage their relationship again. Um, he's, he's continually building it up and for it to be, for it to be knocked down. And uh, I feel really feel for Rory. And as far as Freddie is concerned... What hypocrites people are, really. Um, and he was right to point out to Fallon at the end there uh, that uh, 
that she has been a hypocrite towards him. If you if you won't countenance giving him a, a second chance and, and mm. for a job, um, when her own father uh, has be- basically gone through the same process and and has been rehabilitated, um, my prediction with this, of course, is is that Harrison will, uh, will put her right, especially as a copper. Um, he probably has more of a realistic attitude to these things. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was left feeling quite angry at uh, the end of the of those episode of the episode for for both of them really. Um, so poor show for for much of Ambridge. Anyway, uh, thanks very much. See you soon. Bye. Bye. I, I did think at first off, Freddie did have a point and stuff, but as you said earlier on, and as Monty said, you know, then he did kind of like go somewhat. But when O-T-T. he says things like "you owe me." Mm. You well, think you nearly killed someone, you little twerp. No one owes you. You know, mm. that's that's wrong. But, yeah, Fallon was being hypocritical and she was being judgmental, but she is quite judgmental. Um, and I'm sure Monty's right, Harrison will will, will set her right. But um, Hedy, Freddie then ruins it for himself by saying things like, you know, um, uh, you know, you owe me. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, mm-hmm. uh, Royfield and others, the dog has just gone galloping past the door at a high speed, mm-hmm. which usually means he's found the hedgehog. We've got a hedgehog in the garden called Jimmy Hedricks. And <laughs> normally he he tries to roll Jimmy Hedricks over like some sort of um, football. He tries to bowl him down the lawn. So if I, if I see him doing that, I'm going to have to leg it in a minute and then I'll come back again. But he's not... Normally he yips when he's found Jimmy Jimmy Hedricks and he hasn't yet. But if he does, I will have to go. No yipping as yet. No yipping as yet. I can see his ears flapping about, but he's not doing anything else. Awesome. Right, who's next? Sue or Dusty? Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Just uh, commenting on Lucy and Royfield's comments about Shula becoming a vicar. Um, just a few things that I would just add that would probably say this is quite unlikely. Um, I'm involved with the discernment process for potential min- uh, candidates for the ministry in another denomination. Um, there would be slight concerns, I think, if somebody uh, presented for candidating on the basis of life angst and life turmoil. Uh, Mm. The role of a vicar, um, as in the denomination that um, I work with, uh, is is one for somebody quite resilient. It's a very, very demanding vocation and not one that would be sort of taken on lightly, I don't think. Also, Shula is pegging on a bit. She's, She's 60 Uh, Certainly in the denomination that I'm involved with, we would expect people to undergo several years of training before becoming a vicar um, or a minister in our case. And you would then be asked to commit to 10 years active ministry. That would take Shula um, well into what most people would call their retirement. So I don't think she'd become a vicar. I don't know enough about religious orders like nuns and things, uh, whether that would be a possibility, I don't know. But I would probably say being a vicar, most unlikely, but an interesting thought. Anyway, that's it. Uh, Love to everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Cool. Shula is a nun. She'd love that. 
going around in a snow white wimple telling everyone, <laughs> making everyone else feel guilty every time they looked at her. She'd love it. I, I think she would too. Um, I did call her a bride of Christ last week and you went, oh yeah, yeah that was a little <laughs> bit too far. But yes, um, <laughs> Saint Shula. Uh, right, so we've done Dusty. There's one more call, and it's our Sue. Hello. <coughs> oh, oh. In the throat. Hello, my name is Sue from Shropshire. I'm a virgin ringerinner, and um, I live in a small rural village, which I like to think is like Ambridge. I started listening in about 1979, so I think that makes... I know you don't think I sound as old as that, but there you go. Um, I, so I think that makes me a Helen. Um, and I remember she was born with congenital dislocation of hips. You might not know that. And Pat had to manage looking after her as a baby um, in a fog plaster for some weeks. Um, and also, I wonder if you know that uh, that Chris was born with a hair lip. I don't know if it was a cleft palate as well, but certainly a hair lip. And uh, Susan had problems bonding with him because of this problem because she did in the end but uh, I thought you might not know that might be before your time so yes I really enjoyed Dumpty Dum I got into you by going to your last um, do in Birmingham which I went to because I knew it was something about the arches but I didn't really know much about Dumpty Dum at that time but since then I've really got into it and I love listening to your podcast often when I'm gardening so my plot prediction, I wonder whether Lizzie will, well, when, when Russ is thrown out, which he's bound to be for whatever reason, I wonder if he'd get together with Kate, because they're a bit two of a kind, those two, oh, and they're more the same mm, age. God. A bit of a long shot, but it could be. Mm. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love listening to you all. And I'm sorry I can't be down in Birmingham this time, because we'll be in Madeira. Nice. Okay. Look forward to hearing the next one. Bye. Bye. Uh, see, I don't understand that, Lucy. So you're a comm- why she why she'd want to go to to Madeira and well, not Birmingham. Madeira's always going to be there, but Dunkey Live is only going to be on you know May the eleventh. Some people are just short sighted. What can we do? Sue, get your party or straight. We could all go to Madeira with Sue. I quite like the idea of that actually. <laughs> and take Birmingham Town Hall with us. Yeah, and then Brexit will happen and we'll be stuck there. We won't be able to come back. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) My God, Russ and Kate, gruesome twosome. My, no, no, no. That's made me feel quite queasy, Sue. Mm. In lots of ways, though, as a coupling, it makes much more sense. It does. You know, they're both a bit artsy-fartsy, fly away. I wonder if he's planning to, whether he's going to be a long-term character then. Hmm. Because I kind of thought this will be it now. She'll come back from university. She'll get a shot of him. He'll clear off. Mm. You know, I, I didn't expect him still to be around. But it's, it's interesting. When you speak to um, actors that have been in it like forever. Now, mm. I can't remember if it was Susan or whether it was... N- no, Mike. Mike Tucker was only supposed to be in it as a character for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and he took over from there was there was previously there had been another Mike Tucker for I think uh, only for like an episode or two. Yeah, so he was you know somebody who's some bit part character, and he was told right you're only going to be in this for a, for a certain amount of time, and then yeah. you speak to Kerry, and then frequently what you hear is 
So we wrote this person in just for this, and then something happened. Alchemy happened. They yeah. they, they were they were good. They were, and it's how they relate to the other characters. Exactly isn't it? what then I was about yeah. to say. Now, after saying that though, Russ hasn't had that effect on me. No. I think his relationships are interesting, but I don't think. Oh right, it, you know Russ is. But they're Mike. interesting because they're wrong. You know, he's chatting up his. He's chatting up the he, mother oh, he's of not his. Chatting up Lizzie. If anything, Lizzie's. He's chatting him up. Yeah. He, well, but, okay. Well, he's. Yeah. He's becoming involved emotionally ish mm. with the the mother of the of the you know the the. The mentally vulnerable mother of the girl he was supposed to be in a safeguarding position with at school. You know, it's mm. not, they're interesting because they're all wrong, not yes. because he's a particularly dynamic character. No, exactly, exactly. So who knows where this is going? And, and then, and then you have characters who they think are going to be there for the long haul. Then they get chopped down in their prime because they mm. have big money transfers to ITV yeah. or whatever. So. You don't ever really know, and it is. Or like poor old Vicky just fell out of favour, and no, that storyline's not sexy. Off she goes. Mm. Which still just makes no sense to me at all. I know, I know. No sense whatsoever. And, no. It, and for me, it was less Vicky and more Bethany, because yeah, they was queuing her up, <clears throat> queuing us yeah. up to say you can be, you can be downs and still be a fully functioning committed yeah. member of a community that was the whole yeah. point of bethany yeah and you saw yeah. vicky you know her travails trying to get her into school and the fact that she was going to be i'm going to say a tiger mom but no just a mother and fighting to get her into the right school except and it would have been interesting about you know what it's like having a having a, a child with a learning disability in a rural area rather mm. than a you know a more um in a, a city, more sort of urban yeah. environment where there, where there's lots more provision and all that stuff. It no, would have been listen interesting, but to say that is not a sexy storyline, mm. you know, unbelievable. Mm. Mr. O'Connor, you took a wrong turn in there, sir. I'm telling you, mm. I'll, I'll call I'll call it Sean O'Connor. You did us wrong. You did us wrong yeah. because we know we tell it. You're telling wider stories and metaphors and allegories um, in in this whole thing, and a more beautiful and heartwarming one. You know, we would have all taken Bethany to our hearts and understood yeah. the blood. Because the other thing, which I thought was really beautiful, and I've said this before on, on a previous Dumpty Dum, is, and this is genuine, there are a few times that I've been listening to the archers and I've pulled over and I said, right, I need to just ro- really listen to what's going on. When Helen stabbed Rob, right, mm-hmm. and I was, and I went on my big rant and I was driving back from Brighton and I was round about Wandsworth or Putney. And she actually delivered the, you know, the, the stabbage yeah. into his guts. And I, I said, well, well, we're pulling over, folks, because I need to concentrate on this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The other time, and I was properly welled up with emotion, was when Mike, yeah. remember Vicky said, Vicky yeah. said, right, I'm having this child, whatever. Yeah. And Mike had to go off and do some thinking. And he comes back and he says, okay, then, you know, I'm right behind you. It was so bloody touching and yeah. so honest. Yeah, so honest. Absolutely, yeah. So honest. Instead of it being. And then to waste all that build up, to waste all that emotional engagement that we had. 
Exactly. Just to go, no, it's not a sexy storyline. Yeah, and they yeah. dumped it for the for the Robin Helen storyline. That's what they went for. But but this is the thing. I don't understand why you couldn't have couldn't have had the two. I know. Because both. the whole thing with, with Bethany, in a way, you don't make it a big issue by just having it just like rumble along at various important moments in yeah, her life. Yeah, because that's how it would be in, in real, real life. life. Exactly. It just rumbles along. Exactly. It doesn't, it's not something that's going to change. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. She needs, to, I know, she needs I to go to school. What type of school? What yeah. type of extra support? Yeah. She needs to go to secondary school. Da, 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 da. You know, she's going to have her first period. Whatever. Just whatever. Right? You can just go on and on and on without it being a, you know, dare I say, a dum-dum-dum. You know, like EastEnders yeah. kind of like thing. It just is. Anyway, sure, no, Connie, you did wrong. All right, uh, so, uh, Lucy, do you have any emails? Um, yes, That I don't do. involve health remedies for you? No. Uh, from Cat. <laughs> from Cat. Just wanted to shout out to my sister for giving me a warning regarding Friday's episode of The Archers. I'm eight months pregnant with my first child and she sent this. I am not sure I would recommend listening to Friday's episode, Graphic Cow Labour. Safe to say, I skipped it. Cat, you were very wise. There was winches. There was lots of things that are not going to affect you. Don't worry. But yes, you were very wise. Well done, sister. Awesome. Uh, is that it? Is that yeah. the, the sum total of our email room yeah. in a ridge? Uh, it's quite yes. poor, people. Quite poor. I'm, I'm you know <laughs> I don't, I don't know about you, Lucy, but I feel somewhat let down by our Dumbly Dummers this week. Why? Um, because not enough, not enough emails, not enough. Um, how many votes we got on that um, podcast awards? I don't know. I'm there. You go. It. Don't know. Don't care. All right. I'm thinking. I don't think I voted for us. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to you, I forgot to vote for us also. So I'm angry with myself. <laughs> Bought a ticket for Birmingham, so I'm doubly rubbish. <laughs> Listen, folks. Um, oh, hang on, is that the dog? Hang on. No, it's someone else's dog. It better not be barking at the hedgehog. But anyway, carry on, folks. Um, we need you to come to the aid of the party. Come to the aid of Dum Dum, the fans' own Archers podcast. Uh, you need to go on to the British Podcast Awards dot com. Go vote for. But us. before you do that, book a ticket for Birmingham. Oh yes, the 11th yes, of May. because you'll meet Lucy. She's going to buy everybody yeah. a drink, aren't you, Lucy? You're going to buy everybody a drink, and what else are you going to do with them? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're going to take all of the listeners one by one to the pub. To a strip club. Well, I tell you what, we're in the right bit of town if you're going to do that, Lucy. Right bit of town up on Broad Street. There's there's a couple. So 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 I've been told. So I've been told. Don't ask me. <clears throat> I'll move. Listeners. Up. Listeners, the last time we went to Birmingham Town Hall, mm-hmm. we <clears throat> we came in through the stage door and I arrived and I buzzed the buzzer mm. and said, hello, it's Lucy Freeman here from Dumpty Dum. And she said, oh, yes, love, hang on, I'll bus you in. And then she said, did she really just say to it let like you... that? Did she really yeah. say it like that? She really no. did. And then she said, just to let you know, there's a massive shit on the other side <laughs> of the door. <laughs> so down stepping it. She wasn't wrong. And I got to the door and she said, I'm sorry about that. We're a bit of a rat run from the clubs. <laughs> I was like, ah, show business, the glamour. <laughs> Just step over the massive shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know you're not making that up. 
why was it you <laughs> so rude so rude <laughs> Unfortunately, that's my endearing memory. Enduring memory now. Really, so not the fact that like two hundred odd people left happy having. They weren't that old. Sorry, they weren't that old. Ha ha. So we did a great show. People, people gave us a rounding, uh, a rousing round of applause. Sorry. Um, We hung out with with Charlotte, who plays our Susan. Uh, Susan Carter and Kerry Davis. None of that matters a jot to you. Now, just the shit all I remember by the is door. The sheet. <laughs> <laughs> well, right then. Um, on that note, folks, this is the part of the show where I say, if you're in the UK, if you're probably in America, or maybe in Canada, uh, you might hear an ad now. Uh, if you don't. Uh, you're probably not in any one of those places. And uh, then the next thing you'll hear is Millie Bell. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good day, everyone. Millie Bell here. And um, one of the reasons why you really do need to like us on Facebook is we have some fantastic photos put up. And one of the photos you could see is Soyin Jordan, who was with a lot of our, our Dumpty Dummers at the Toronto meetup. Uh, there was Clara and Amy, the infamous Royville Brown, uh, Mary, Marsha, <laughs> Norma, Lorna, Laura, Josh, Ashok, Christina Dracus, Christiane, Steve, Pete, Maddie, Donna, and Anna Lisa Cosma. And it does look from their smiling faces that they had an awesome time. What a shame we couldn't all have been flown in. Uh, and on our own page, we got very upset worrying about Jazza, who we do not want to lose as a character. Uh, in our docudrama, and Daisy Lou Delatana said that she's not too worried because he will do better than Tom. Not sure how, but I just feel sure there'll be some natural justice here. Philippa Hall said, no, 
has Rob had a sex change and altered his name to Natasha? Uh, mm. Werner Woolworth suggested that he could work as a roadie on Jolene's country music tour. Uh, Bex Ruth said, please let him go into a partnership with Rex that complement each other's characters. And Cecilia Hawley said, poor Jazza, Natasha is evil and manipulative, just don't like her. Melissa Williams said, this is the second time Tom is claiming he told someone something and the other party denies it. First with Jazza moving the pigs and now Natasha about John and Pat's sensitivity with the pigs. pigs. He is losing it. Uh, so it would seem that Jazza only had our support and it doesn't look as though Tom has much support from us. Uh, we then went on to talk about Kenton, who blew us away with his straight talking. Caroline Stevens says, It does seem strange that a huge enterprise like Lower Loxley doesn't need some serious voluntary work from Freddie, who has been the cause of its downfall. I wonder if that's to do with the licence that no one's encouraging him to work there. Uh, Joanna, John of Crow said, Thought he had really gotten through to Freddie, then at the last privilege, snot reappeared with you owe me to Fallon. Catherine Newnham said, oh, Freddie, mm. Kenton was right to open his eyes to the trouble he caused. I think Freddie will unsuccessfully try a few avenues of employment only to end up in tandem with Lily, rescuing Lower Loxley from the mire. I see Lily as the business brain and Freddie as the fun front of house host. And Janice Benson also says, why doesn't Lily offer him some work at Lower Loxley? I suppose she doesn't trust him to actually work, but she could start him off with something fairly lowly on the promise that if he does well, he could get some more responsible work. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to sit with my suggestion that maybe this is to do with a licence. And we also discussed Rory, and I had said I would never, ever, ever thought I'd feel sorry for Rory, but today I did. It's horrible that someone could assume the worst of you. And I actually did think he had the makings of a good teacher in him. I'm not a math teacher, but I loved how creative he was being and getting um, Mia's involvement. Uh, so I, I was really sad when it took that nasty turn um, because of Will. And Paul Taylor said, I love it when the scriptwriters put in a turn we weren't expecting. We spend weeks, even months, making our minds up about characters and story arcs, and then they just shoot us down. The two lads' stories last night were very clever. One minute we were all thinking they are both actually decent young men, and then they spin it again. Aren't radio docudramas brilliant? Paul Taylor, <laughs> I think they're fabulous too. And Janice Betson said, Rory seems to have the makings of a great teacher. Will is just plain nasty. If he thought they were getting a bit too friendly, he could have just said something like, Hoy, call it, no touching, is that clear? Or he could have waited until Rory had gone, had a chat with Mary. He didn't need to do that. Uh, David Metzen said, I did get a bit worried when teabagging was mentioned. And <laughs> Denise Ann Smallwood said, makes you wonder what's in Will's past to making golf like that. Mia needs to go live with her biological dad. Will is creepy. Uh, Connie mm. Nolan said, I feel sorry for both Rory and Mia. They were having a great teaching session and Will, suspicious as ever, overreacted. Mia is staying to be a mum to Poppy, in my opinion, but she should live with Andrew, her biological father. And mm. Jed Robinson said, he's got a teacher in him, for Lily's sake. I hope it's not Russ. <laughs> Very good, Jed. <laughs> anyway, you can see that we've had another great week on Facebook. Uh, we do encourage you to get involved. We have a lot more people who are signed up than are actually um, involved on our page. So please don't be shy. We encourage you to do that. And if you don't want to do that, you can email in or you could uh, call in, which is um, 
equally as good because we love to hear you too. But until I speak to you again in a fortnight, I'm going to leave you in the very good hands of my very good friend, Yoko Bear. And until next time, I say to you, hooroo. Oh, thank you for that, Millie. That that were lovely this week. Um, I've hmm. got a little bit of um, a little bit of feedback. Oh, loose. Do you remember last week uh-huh. you and I called uh, cow excrement on the fact that you can there is uh, a, a circuit big enough in the UK to support country and western singers, oh, or yes. country singers as as they're now called. Just yeah. in pubs, not saying yeah. that you can't, you know, that Garth Brooks, for example, couldn't go to the O2 and fill it. That's not what we're yeah. talking about, right? Yeah. Um, so I was chatting to the Ambridge Pony Club, or more to the point, she she likes that kind of twingy twangy music, and she like and she says, watch the box set in Nashville. Uh, you might need to fast forward some of the singers, but it'll open your eyes. Whatever, whatever. Whatever, Ambridge Pony Club, right? But anyway, she said it is possible to have a scene because us Brits are kind of into it. And we went, we had a protracted ding dong going backwards and forwards. And at one point, uh, to try and take down our argument loose, she said she Googled it and there were 619 country music events in the UK listed on Ticketmaster at one point last week, on Friday of last week. But I keep coming back to the central point, right? We're not saying that pubs don't put on country singers, but is the scene big enough, pub scene, to mm. uh, have the infrastructure support of hotels and roadies? And I still say no. I don't care if there's 619 events. Yeah. So I still think Ambridge Pony Club, you can like that music if that's what you like. Um, it's free country. You know, our grandparents went off to war to keep us free. So you can like what you like. Right. But the economic gravity of the situation does not mean that you can um, have roadies, lighting rig people, you know, sound people, hotels for the country music scene, which is only going to pubs. Impossible. Impossible. Yes. I've been to many a pub in my time. I know a tiny bit about gigs, not that much. It just doesn't work like that. So just say, yes. however, I enjoyed our DMs going backwards and forwards, Ambridge Pony Club, and hopefully uh, you will come along to Dum De Dum live uh, next month. Because she's in Ireland, don't you know? Right, Lucy, uh, uh, mi- uh-huh. mirror headlines, please. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. You can now buy a cream egg flavoured vagina made from fudge for Easter. What? You heard. <laughs> no, Lucy. What I think I heard was obviously not what I did hear because that made no sense. You can now buy a that cream egg flavoured v- vagina. A cream egg. Made from fudge for Easter. It's called a fudgina <laughs> and it is. <laughs> The shape of an Easter egg, but it's a fanny, and it tastes of cream egg. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a very good boy, I'll send you a picture of one. <laughs> I mean, a vagina, not a vagina. I'm sure you know what they look like. Lucy, I think I need to move on because I <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing I can add to that at all. Do you want tweets of the week well, now? Well, wait a minute. After saying there's nothing I feel I can add, 
Which company is making these 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 cream eggs? Are you going to buy one? Well, no. I'm just I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, get sweets of the week. <laughs> uh, Tim Footman, remind me, was Freddie sent to prison for his acting? Ooh, that's harsh. Um, Callum Robson, and that is how you flounce out in Glaswegian. That was quite a good flounce. Mm. Uh, John Porter. Get back on the horse. Not sure that's the best advice to give a convicted drug dealer, Shula. <laughs> uh, Dawn Oliver. I think Jill should be grateful that a man of Leonard's age can do things that turn out stiff. And Ooh. Matt. Very good. <laughs> Matt Underwood. Tom is always insensitive. Hey, mum and dad, you know those animals you love because they remind you of your dead son? Well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't talk about that, did we? With Tom saying that he's going to give up the pigs and Pat's meltdown. You you mentioned it in, in your monologue, but uh, we, we didn't talk about it in depth. But anyway, yeah, that, that tweet has... So. It was funny, though, the last thing that when Pat said, but you remember last time he said he'd give up the pigs and then he changed his mind and then it was... A, you know, she is, <clears throat> she is so aware mm. that, um, you know, that she's just so used to him ricocheting between the, you know... It's like there's only one room. There's room for one idea in his head at any one time. It's like a computer when it says, if you don't sort out your files, I'm just going to start overwriting things. Mm -hmm. So instead of saving the last idea and this idea, this idea just overwrites the last idea, however nuts it is. So she's just waiting for him to change his mind again because he's done it so many times before. But what worries her is that Natasha's there who will say, no, 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 you've got to do this. Sorry, Lucy. You're looking at the vagina, aren't you? I just sent you the picture. <laughs> Listeners, I've just got a WhatsApp through from Lucy. <clears throat> oh wow! See, I wanted to, I wanted him to understand that mm-hmm. um, that I do, I don't make this shit up. It is actual, genuine. Oh, they come in three flavors, including chocolate and strawberry. Mm-hmm. Not sure I'd want a strawberry for China, to be honest. <laughs> But the, yes, <clears throat> mm? I, I just I just said yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Right, folks, <laughs> uh, this has been dumpty dum. This has been dumpty dum, and uh, it, there are not many podcasts that give you the archers and a vagina in one one hour. I mean, that's got to be worth something. Well, surely. absolutely. Like the BBC don't do, won't do that, mm-hmm. will they? You won't get vaginas on. With Jane Garvey or, or Nigel Partita. I don't know. Because I can imagine a vagina. Jane Garvey would do a vagina. No, I can't exactly. see Nigel doing one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Woman's hour would be all over this, you'd think. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're probably, they probably giving them all to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas poor old Nigel wouldn't know a vagina if he put his foot in yeah, one. Yeah, I, so. I, I don't know. I don't know. Don't, are you going to go, are oh, Nigel or Graham Seed? Oh, no, Nigel. Oh, okay. Well, <coughs> what is, Nigel did manage to father two children, so chances are yeah. he does know one end of a vagina from another. Hmm. It's kind of only got one end. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, Lucy. <laughs> 
<laughs> one end is a bit more pleasurable. Oh, yeah, well, Matt, yeah, shut okay. the message right, down okay. and stop right. looking right. at it, Roy Field. Let's stop talking about com, this now. Go there, it's got a shop and some other awesome stuff that you can do there. Like booking your tickets for a dum de dum live. Uh, um, the um, we will have hotel rooms um, for you <coughs> if you're planning to come along. We've set aside uh, a few, and as as we said earlier on in the show, we're just waiting to hear confirmation back that this said hotel will allow uh, the uh, the speakers, the hotel speakers, to be turned on to listen to the archers in the breakfast room between 10 and 11 on Sunday. So you'll have a special treat um, if you do uh, come and stop uh, with us um, for Dumb Dumb Live. So go on to dumbdumb.com, go there, book your tickets for the live show. You can also book your tickets for dinner because actually what I forgot to say earlier on is that we do have dinner from five and from quarter past five to quarter past quarter past seven, sorry, which is going to be at the Pitcher and Piano at the Water's Edge. So it's all really nice, loose. It's down by the canal. It's five minutes walk from the BBC. So when you had a BBC tour, then you go and then you can just walk along, go and have dinner and you can commune with a whole load of Archers fans before going on to the town hall. So uh, go to dumdydum.com, uh, go visit the shop, go buy your tickets for uh, Dum 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 Live and or dinner. And don't forget, um, if you would like to support us, you can support us in one of two ways. First off, you can go on to patreon.com. And that's um, basically for approximately $2 per episode, you can become a Patreon. And it means that uh, the lights get kept on around here and Lucy gets uh, new headphones because her old headphones have kind of fallen to pieces. Uh, and then... They have literally, they just fell apart literally just before the show. Both. Mm. I'm now wearing my son's um, <clears throat> um, uh, play- PlayStation headphones, which are extremely small and are making my ears feel like deviled kidneys. So I need new ones. <laughs> right. So there you go. We don't lose his ears feeling like that. So um, go to patreon.com, become a Patreon, so our loose can get a new pair of headphones because they're old ones. Uh, actually fell to pieces just as we were about to start recording today. That's how <laughs> dire things are at Dumdy Dum Towers. Um, another thing you can do, dear listener, is go onto Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and write us a review. That is a wonderful way of exposing the podcast to new listeners. And uh, dare I say, we're about to go into a death match with the BBC Archers podcast. So we need all the help we can get to write us that review, folks, whatever, on Apple iTunes. If you use another podcast, a podcatching service, sorry, well, write us a review there. You know, but if you don't, go to Apple, go write one there. Um, don't forget, folks, that uh, la, 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 la. remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message via a regular, ordinary phone. On the social media, specifically Twitter, you can find Yokel Bear masquerading as Dum Dum. Also, you can find Yokel Bear at Yokel Bear, funny enough. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. And you've now pulled out your mic. No, I haven't. You've gone all funny sounding. Anyway, and I can be found... Oh, I have. You're right. Yeah. Now I've done it. Sorry. <laughs> and I can be found at Royfield. And of course, um, a, a, an important section of our show is made up of your Facebook messages. So why don't you go onto Facebook if you haven't done so already and join 
uh, the Millie Bell with a spoon and Yoko Bear, uh, three ring circus and be part of that gang. And I know there's a couple of thousand of you that are. Um, and that's just about it from this week's Dum to Dum, which comes at you from <laughs> Toronto. And where do you live again? Chislehurst or somewhere. Essex, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. So that's it. Dum to Dum's over from Toronto and Essex in it. There you go, Freeman. Well done. You, you, you were you were very deep this week. You thought about stuff. I had. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.